Wow, there's so many things. I mean, I'm part of the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra and we are not only a symphonic orchestra, we are also the orchestra of the Vienna State Opera. So there's a lot to do and it's also yeah. um, every day is different. I love that about my work. In this episode, I'm talking to Karen Bonelli, who is a flutist at the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra. It's so lovely to talk to you. Yeah, it's so lovely to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, no, it's, um, I mean, I follow you on Instagram and I saw um, you're a flutist. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your um, career and how you started. Uh, what was it about the flute initially that attracted you? Well, actually, uh, both my parents are flutists, so it just runs in the family, actually. And I always had the flute around me. I always heard the flute from when I was in a, when, when I was really small. So um, when I was just, I don't know, five or six years old, I wanted to learn a flute and my mom was a flute teacher and yeah. she really tried to avoid <laughs> me really? playing the flute as well because it's my father, my brother, my uncle and myself now, mm -hmm. um, my mother, who are all playing the flute. And so she thought, yeah, we don't, maybe we don't need another one. <laughs> <laughs> and so she tried to convince me of other instruments, but in the end, um, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. just what I wanted. And she saw that. And so I started my first lessons by the age of eight with her. And then it went on. Uh, okay. So you, you were taught by your mom and was that, um, was that easy? I mean, because I know I homeschooled my children and I know it's not always the easiest to teach your own children. No, sure. Um, actually, it was very easy because my mom handled it quite well. She only uh, gave me lessons in the music school and only in a group of three. So I wasn't something special. It was not at home. So I was really in the music school, in a group like everybody else. And that's what worked very well. And she never like disturbed me when I was practicing. I was always practicing on my own, doing my thing. And actually it was just the other way around than most children. She always said, oh, don't you want to go out and play a little bit with the other really? children? <laughs> no, I want to practice. So I was really like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's healthy, but I just love playing the flute. So, um, yeah, until the age of 13, then the whole thing turned around a little bit. It became a little bit difficult. And then she said, okay, now is the time you go to another teacher. And so I, I joined the conservatory in Linz in Austria. And yeah, that's how my studies then started with many, many different teachers. Yeah. But now, um, were you also, as a teenager, were you also then so eager to uh, to practice? Was that still... Yes, I always loved playing the flute and I loved uh, seeing the progress I was making, but I was not, I was not a nerd. So I was not at oh, home okay. at the time. No. I had many friends. I was going out. I was partying like everybody else. But yeah. uh, in between school and um, afternoon things, I just loved to practice. And I, mm. yeah, I was at the conservatory by the age of 13. So it became quite... Um, serious in a way very early 
and I loved it. Yeah, I loved every step of it. Yeah. And you had now the example from your parents that they, um, you could see what what is possible when if you practice and when you you want to play the flute. So, do you think sometimes this is also uh, important for children to be able to see where it goes? Well, it helps a lot, I think, to yeah. have this kind of role model at home, to yeah. have a vision of how it can sound every day, because I was just surrounded by it. Um, of course, that helps, of course. But, you know, it's always um, the most important thing, I think, is how the parents handle the situation. There yeah. are parents, music teachers or musicians who really put a lot of pressure on their children and then it can just turn the other way. So I was really lucky that my parents didn't really interfere with my growth and my own curiosity. They just let me do my thing. Of course they were there, of course they were supporting, of course they were taking me to lessons to Vienna later and to Munich and um, they loved seeing me grow of course but um, they didn't put any pressure on me so mm -hmm. i'm very grateful for that yeah well i hear sometimes it's these two sides you know sometimes it's a musician who comes from a family who none of the parents had any music background and uh and and how they develop and then also now that you say you come from this musical family and how you develop so it's uh it it like you say it depends on the parents really a lot yeah, yeah. of course mm -hmm. also the children of yeah how they're they're uh don't know how their access to the to the instrument is if they like to practice if they want to put in the effort they enjoy it yeah there are many things that are playing a role i think yeah but now and then your career how did it start for you then after your studies well, after my studies, I actually won my position during my studies. So, um, okay. as I said, I joined the conservatory in Linz uh, with my teacher Gisela Masiecki Bea, and then I was also a young student of the um, university in Munich and of Günther Vogelmeier in private lessons, and then I joined the class in Vienna by the age of 18 of Wolfgang Schulz and then later Karl-Heinz Schütz. And then I went on to France for a year and then by the age of 23. So it's really, I have my 10 years audition anniversary by the end of May now. Really? <laughs> yes, when I was uh, 23, I won my position, yeah. That was before my bachelor exam, so. <laughs> Amazing, wow. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, and and this is now. You said you did your your exam as well, or your bachelor exam. Do you have to continue studying now? No, I'm I'm not. At the, I'm teaching now at the university. Um, but no, I I actually don't have the time to do my master's degree now <laughs> because okay. I'm just uh, so busy. We're so busy in the orchestra, mm -hmm. and yeah many many other tasks i'm i'm doing so now tell me orchestra life uh is is what is it about orchestra life that you that you uh, enjoy 
Wow, there's so many things. I mean, I'm part of the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra and we are not only a symphonic orchestra, we are also the orchestra of the Vienna State Opera. So there's a lot to do and it's also, yeah. um, every day is different. I love that about my work. So we don't really have a routine. Sometimes you have rehearsal in the morning, then you're free. Sometimes you have two rehearsals and you're free in the evening. Sometimes you have two rehearsals and opera in the evening. And uh, every day is, is different. And of course, if we are on tour, that's a whole other story again. So yeah, it gets, it never gets boring. I get to see a lot of the world. Um, I meet many very interesting people and musicians. And now as I'm teaching, I'm also learning a lot from my students and through the teaching process. And yeah, it's just, it's very full. <laughs> my days are packed, but <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love all the different things I can do. Well, I'm, I'm just now wondering if, so when do you still have time to practice or do, do you still have to practice certain things? <laughs> I sure I have to practice of course yeah. um, it depends on what we're playing in the orchestra if there's something very special I have to practice of course the opera repertoire and many of the symphonic things I know very well now after 10 years I don't have to practice for hours if there's a Mozart opera or something but uh, of course for my solo projects or for chamber music projects I have to practice and sometimes for the orchestra as well so and I really enjoy it if I if I can find the time to just have two hours or one hour for me in my practice room it's like like meditation <laughs> now I'm here I can take care of myself and um, yeah I enjoy that too, but it's true that it's not very much time for that. I have to admit that. Yeah. Well, this is uh, so fascinating that you enjoy practice so much. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I love to improve myself. I love to really get into the details again, because if you're playing in the orchestra, you sometimes lose a, bit, a little bit the... Uh, Oh, the position for yourself here, for yeah. your sound and because you're part of a big sound. And so it's always good to come back, come back to the basics and yeah, have time to to practice for yourself. It's always a good thing to do. Well, it's a, it's such a great privilege where you are now in, in the uh, Philharmonic Orchestra and uh, um, and and Vienna. I mean, this is this is really. Uh, I think for many musicians that they would love to be and 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 strive to be. And um, is and now in in lockdown, for example, the the orchestra. Did how did you find it? Uh, I mean, was it difficult for you to to not be together and and be in the theater? Um, I mean, of course, I missed my colleagues, you know, yeah. many of them, because um, we spend so much time together. Most of all, when we're on tour, we have like 16 hours together sometimes. Yeah. And um, then suddenly you're cut off. Um, I mean, with with the very close friends of mine in the orchestra, of course, I was in contact and we were seeing each other when it was allowed. Um but it was not difficult for me actually as a musician because finally I really had the time to just 
do my stuff. I had no deadlines. I didn't have any dates. So I have to have that thing practiced until tomorrow evening. But I could just practice what I love to practice and do the work on my own and had my free time. So for the at the beginning of the lockdown, I really enjoyed that, having mm -hmm. the freedom to do what I want to do without a schedule. But of course, uh, when when it became longer and longer and locked down again and again, you get tired yeah. of that too. And you miss the contact to the audience and to your colleagues and also traveling, of course. But now everything is opening again. So I'm very yeah. grateful for that. Yeah. And you've been touring again, I saw. Yeah, 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 we've been touring again very early on, actually. And also last year during lockdown, we were in Japan. And okay. Yeah, now we also were to the US in February. So, yeah, it yeah. starts getting quite normal again. Back to normal. Yeah. But now tell me about your teaching. Um, so what is it, uh, you know, that you, you uh, of course, as a, um, such a... Um, experienced musician um, is it for you important to teach yeah it is um, it's most of all because I'm learning a lot for myself also through teaching through articulating what I'm doing I'm getting conscious of all the things I am actually doing quite automatically sometimes and uh, you develop another consciousness for your own playing by by teaching and uh, it's also important to just share your experience, uh, yeah. if it's bad or good. But I think everybody can learn from somebody who has gone through auditions, concerts, whatever. I'm doing the audition training, actually, at the University for Music and Performing Arts in Vienna. So um, I think uh, I can give quite a lot from my experience because I also didn't win my first audition. And that's also why I created then my own audition academy in Upper Austria, in the Salzkammer. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, okay. And what do you do? Is this specifically for auditions to, yes, to help is, musicians? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because at the university, I see that the students are searching for ways to cope with the situation of an audition, which is very special because you have like sometimes only three, four, five minutes to show your whole musical potential. It's like uh, like in sports, actually, like a, a skier who has just those few minutes and you have to be on point. Mm -hmm. And that's very special because that's not necessarily an environment where, where you feel like a great artist and you can <laughs> make a lot of yeah. music because it's very competitive. And so we built a team. Um, we have a mental trainer. We have somebody who does the body work balancing thing. And uh, we also had a doctor with us. I'm doing the artistic uh, tutoring and we also have it for trumpet this year so there's also Roman Rindberger from from Nozil Brass who is teaching and that's all in a very beautiful environment near, uh, near Lake Traunsee and yes that's what we're doing there we're having a mock audition we're having concerts it's all in one week it's a master class in summer. That's amazing that you have that and that you know that because it's like you say it's when they have the 
few minutes to show. Um, if you are nervous or if you're a little bit stressed, then of course it will impact your playing. Of course, of course, mm -hmm. yeah. Stress all, always has a bad impact on our musicality, on our feeling of expression and freedom. We tend to draw back and um, yeah, everything yeah. we know for fearful. Um, performance anxiety is the most, most um, how do you say, verbreitet, the most um, common uh, fear oh, yeah. in oh. human beings actually. There's mm -hmm. a ranking. It, it's even uh, rated higher than the fear of death in the in this ranking. All the fears. Uh, when you ask people what is your biggest fear, mm -hmm. mostly people say number one, speaking or performing or doing something in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. It's it's our innate human nature that we're really scared of that because we're scared of rejection, and of being cut out of a group. That's where it comes from originally and that of course impacts your playing on stage because you perform best if you feel relaxed and accepted and loved and appreciated and so you have to build this environment for yourself and that takes a lot of work yeah <laughs> well that is very interesting and, and you wonder then how many musicians um, don't make it because of this, because of this uh, anxiety. Not only because of this anxiety, but also because of this anxiety. Because if you look at, if there's a position in an orchestra which is a free, a vacancy, then um, usually when it comes to the flute, there are like 180, 200 people applying for one job. So... <laughs> oh, wow. It, only one can win and the others of course they're yeah disappointed yeah. so it's not only the anxiety that keeps you from maybe not winning a position you have to have many factors together mm -hmm. that you really win on this particular day but it yeah. helps of course yeah but what would your advice be for a young flutist um you know uh, who, who's starting their studies or, or who's starting in their career? Pooh, advice. Um, it's very difficult. Most of all, you really have to love what you're doing because if you're just doing it for somebody else, for example, it just doesn't work. You, you need to put in the work, you need to put in the love, otherwise you're getting to a certain point, but from there it doesn't go further. So um, just be aware that it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of work, and um, it also takes uh, some kind of openness. You need to have a vision for yourself where you want to go and there are many sacrifices you have to make, for sure. If it's time sacrifices, you can't spend so much time with your friends or whatever you want to do. You have to put it into your focused work on your instrument. And you that's something you have to be aware of. But if you're going for it and if it works out, it's one of the most beautiful jobs that you can have, I think. Yeah, amazing. But now tell me, what are your wishes for the future? 
Whew, my wishes for the future. Um, well, actually, we're just working on the academy again, which starts on the 27th of August, and there are many things to do. We're developing that for more instruments, and we're also um, at the moment working on our online programs for the academy, so that is also growing. I hope that we can really build a community there and support young musicians. That's my vision for my academy. And for myself, I'm just, at the moment, I'm a little bit going with the flow <laughs> since, the, <laughs> since the lockdown. Um, I talked to my colleagues just a few days ago. It's a completely different feeling since those many, many lockdowns because you just oh. live day by day. You think, okay, yeah, okay, this concert, maybe it takes place, maybe not. So I'd better enjoy it while it does. So I'm not so much in the planning ahead anymore. And that is actually a good thing for everyday life. And yeah, there are many exciting concerts and projects coming up. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, because many musicians say that, you know, that uh, since lockdown, things have changed a little bit in the mindset, you know, of how they think about things. Do you think the music industry will change a little bit uh, after this? Or do you think it will go back to normal again? You know how people how people value the, the the theater and the arts and so. I think it has changed. Yes, I think that people now appreciate more, really being in the live experience again. That's what we hear from our audiences. That what people tell us that they're so grateful to just feel the energy in the room and be part of. Uh, be part of an opera actually when you're in the room you're part of the whole energy exchange you hear and you see um, you sense the orchestra you're part of it with all your senses and that's what an online content can never provide yeah it's, yeah and i think that people appreciate that more again now mm -hmm. Also for us, it was like the first live concert after lockdown. It was like, whoa, it's so different. Um, so great, not only playing for the camera. Um, it's a completely different feeling. So I think that has changed a lot. And that's something good. Of course, there are many bad changes also. People that are... Uh, that were freelancers that now have to do just completely different jobs because uh, they lost their whole foundation. We are very lucky because we're at the state opera, we're employed, we're, we have been paid all the time, so there was never some kind of um, dangerous situation for us. We feel very, really privileged. Um, but there are many of my colleagues who don't have that, and for those it's uh, yeah. awful, of course. Mm. And I wonder also, because I've spoken to many um, musicians, uh, many artists during lockdown time, also like this on Zoom, and um, and I've raised also the question about the education, you know, if, if it shouldn't start also by at education level where children get more education in all forms of art so that art can be more uh, va um, valued, you know, and... Um, and even if they don't become musicians or don't become uh, ballet dancers, but that they have the exposure for the art and that this would also bring a love then for the theater, for the arts and so. Yes, I think that would be 
extremely important. Yeah. For me, in my experience, it just always was there. It was my natural surroundings. But I can imagine that somebody who doesn't have that, um, these days, it's really difficult to get into this kind of cultural awareness or really enjoying listening to a Puccini opera or something. If you've never been in touch with it, it's, uh, you always have this barrier, I think. And yeah. that's something that can be broken if you really touch young children by this music. And um, what our orchestra is also doing through its uh, youth work. And But I think it should be part of education, as you said. Of yeah. course, we're absolutely underestimating the importance and um, the good things art does to our brain, to our growth, to our, yeah, intelligence think, yeah. in general. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, the research has been done already. Uh, the proof is there. So I would think, you know, this would be something that should really be considered uh, Absolutely. on school level, you know, that this, this should not be anymore just a half an hour a week, but it should be um, very much implemented. Actually, I spoke to a, um, a lyrist, uh, you know, the, the ancient lyra, they've revived the ancient lyra. And, um, and he told me that uh, in schools in ancient Greece, you were considered uneducated if you couldn't play the lyra. And, you know, if you think how far have we have, have changed that, you know, now it's, it's not, not everybody can play an instrument. But those days they did, you know, they all could play the lyra. Yeah. That yeah. was not only the Greeks, it was until the 18th, 19th century that mm. it was just a big, big part of education and also of family yeah. life to get together and make music together. And also for women, it was considered very attractive if a woman was able to play the piano. That mm. was something that was considered in high esteem. So, yeah, it's not, I'm not saying we should go back to the 19th century there, but um, yeah. making music part of our everyday life again yeah. would connect people more and would also scientifically, scientifically spoken, help our brain development. There's yeah. so much research about that, how music makes you just a more intelligent human being. Yeah. And it's absolutely underestimated, absolutely. Mm. No, I totally agree. But listen now, just the last um, question. Can you do a shout out for your favorite restaurant in Vienna or your favorite <laughs> coffee shop? <laughs> I'm sure wow. you <laughs> There are many. <laughs> no, I can, absolutely. You should go to restaurant Pauli. It's in Johannesgasse 16. So really between Musikverein and Opera. Yeah. And it's a traditional Austrian restaurant, but with a very modern touch and a great team there. Really? Um, I okay. absolutely recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put the link in the description of the video. Yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so do you go often? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they know me there if you're oh, going yeah. there. <laughs> well, that's also a good thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Karen, this was so lovely to talk to you. 
Thank you so much. And I'll, I'll, when I come to see the ballet again, I'll pop in to see if I see you in the, in the, um, uh, in the orchestra pit. The pit. Yeah, yeah, that would be very amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. <laughs> Good. Okay, Karen. Have a lovely yeah. afternoon. Thank you, Thank Petra. You. Thank you. Bye. Bye.